once you've connected with someone, especially if you have a great first friendship date, getting that next time on the calendar as soon as you can is really important. In fact, before you leave, I would say this, oh, I also do sales coaching. I would say the same thing in a sales meeting, right? Like you've just had a great fun time, but if you don't put the next date on the calendar while you're sitting, it's, it's not going to happen. This is episode number 544 with Ursula Menches, making friends as an adult. This is a topic we have not yet discussed on the podcast. In all of these episodes that we have done around dating and relationships, I was really interested in talking to Ursula about this because so many of my clients have come to me struggling to make friends as an adult. So we're going to go deep into this topic with her in just a moment, but I want to welcome you back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you'd like support on your journey to love, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 tips on living a better life. So whether you're single or in a relationship, you're going to be inspired to play a bigger game and succeed in all areas of your life and your love life. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip from the book is step number 15, be a lifetime learner. It's so important to continue learning no matter your age, you become a much more interesting person and you're interested. And so I encourage you, if you're not taking a course, reading a book, do one thing this week towards the goal of continuing your process of being a lifetime learner. Before I bring Ursula on, I just wanted to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. It's for single women over 40 who are looking to be in a positive, supportive group. It is highly curated. We check every post. We do not allow bashing and victim mindset and mean behavior, which is common in most groups for singles because it can be frustrating out there, dating and relationships. But we also have so many amazing success stories that people have been posting lately. It's very inspirational. So if you're not yet a member, join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Ursula Menches is a leading expert on success and business growth. She's a USA Today bestselling author of the book Up Level Now and five other nonfiction books. She is a business strategist and a coach who works with entrepreneurs to double their monthly revenue in as little as 30 days while working less. How awesome is that? <laughs> She's also a keynote speaker and a certified NLP coach through the NLP Institute of California. I'm also a neuro-linguistic programming coach, so that's pretty cool. She helps her clients release the limiting beliefs and blocks that hold them back from their greatest success. So excited to have you here, Ursula. Yeah, thank you, Sandy. I'm excited to be here with you. And I've I've been wanting to have this conversation more because I feel like we don't talk about it. So thank you for, for inviting me and for opening this up. I am excited. So first of all, tell us why the topic of adult friendships came to be for you. Yeah, it's very simple because I struggled with them too. <laughs> I, so my husband and I moved, um, I grew up in Minnesota. We moved to, I moved to Colorado, met my husband there. We lived there for two years and then moved to California 
And after we had our son, we decided to move back to Minnesota and we'd been gone almost 20 years. I'd been gone. He's from North Dakota. I'd been gone almost 20 years. And so we came back to Minnesota and you forget when you move away that there's been like time has passed. So I kind of just had this thought, like I would just easily slip back into the friendships that I had from childhood or from my college years. I went to college in Minnesota and I was wrong about that. Very wrong about that because people's lives had gone on. Like my girlfriends had had, you know, families, they had um, two of my best girlfriends have four kiddos. So super busy, like just very busy. And, and it was a rude awakening. And I found myself very lonely and just having the conversation of like, what, like, how do I connect with people? How do I meet new friends? Side note, Minnesota, like it's a, let me say this. It's a land where people have had their friends forever and they're, they kind of have closed circles. When we were in California, it was very easy to move to move there and to make new friends, land of the entrepreneurs, land of immigrants. Like there were just people eager because they didn't have family there either. And so that was the other thing that was a little bit different. Nothing against Minnesota. It was just, it was just a surprise. Like people were kind of closed off and didn't seem as open. So that's what inspired me to really start to look at this. Yeah. It's such a common issue. I mean, not everybody moves around as much as you, but there are so many people and who are looking for new friends, don't know where to start. And so let's, let's get into how we can do this. So one of the things that you've said is that loneliness is the new pandemic. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I have some statistics because I, as psychology is my background. So I'm always interested in like, what's, what does the math tell us? What do the stats tell us? What's really happening out there? I happened to read an article and um, it came from, it's called Roots of Loneliness. And 52% of Americans report feeling lonely, while 47% report their relationships with others are not meaningful. That's like half. That's more than half. And then this one really made my heart hurt. Only 59% of Americans say that they have a best friend. And 12% say they feel they have no close friends at all. So the other thing I'm really interested in is mental health. And that's that's another place where this is kind of came up for me because we know that to be mentally healthy, we need support. And where does support come from? It comes from friends. It can come from family, uh, but sometimes we're working on other things with our family. So we might need, you know, support from somewhere else. And so this, um, in my own family, there's just been a history of depression and history of other things. And so I've had this journey of figuring out how, how can we move out of depression? How can we you know, not live in that space. And a big part of it was relationships. And so I started to have this conversation with people that I, that I was meeting for the first time. Like, how have you found, um, like, do you have a lot of friends just kind of opening, opening it up one in particular, and this is a shout out for my hairstylist, because who do we love? Like we love our hairstylists. They're like our psychologist. Right. And I was always sitting in her chair and my friend, Nikki, today has become one of my best friends because number one, we saw each other regularly which is one of the keys to developing new friends. You've got to see them regularly. Statistics say you have to see someone seven times or more before you might be invited to their home or before you might invite them or decide to do something together. So I was, I was, I didn't know that at the time, but I was sitting in the chair and Nikki and I kept having this conversation. And one thing I noticed about Nikki was that number one, she had a lot of friends. Number two, she was so good at being inclusive with others and inviting them in. What's really great for us, for Nikki and I, is that we were willing to have this conversation and we decided, we said one day, 
you know, why don't we get our families together? Because that's the true test, right? It's one thing to have a friendship. And then it's like, well, can this be expanded? And she has a, a son that's the same age as my son and one son that's older. And then um, of course, in her case, she has her husband. So we all got together one night and you're always a little bit nervous. Cause to me, to me, when you get couples together, that's another form of dating, right? You got the couples have to date to see if like, can they, we hang out again? Can we actually be friends? And lucky for us, uh, our husband's connected and they have become the best of friends. Like sometimes we're like, they're probably better friends than we are. They get into the room and they can't stop talking. So we gave them the gift of this friendship. And so I show this because I sat in Nikki's chair for six years before we decided that we should even try hanging out. And in retrospect, I think, wow, I wish we would have, I wish we would have attempted to have, you know, friendship sooner than that. But all that to say, like that started to inspire me. And so I've done more research today. I'm much more willing to, you know, meet someone at PTA or at um, one of my son's sporting events and ask for a phone number and start to text. Like for me, this is the new process. Like we'll just start texting back and forth. And the number in my head is always like seven times. And I feel like after seven times, it's like, hey, you want to hang out sometime? And usually they're like, yes, a resounding yes. Because what I find is that people are lonely. People are looking for friends and they might not be good at it either. And so for everyone who's listening, what if you could be the one to initiate that friendship? And it's not always going to work out. Like I've had hung out with people and they've kind of like moved or things have shifted or, you know, over the last 10 years of being back in Minnesota, but I have some core girlfriends now that, um, that have stayed the course with me, thankfully. That's so cool. I, I love the story of your hairdresser. I just went to mine yesterday and had a great conversation with her about boundaries and all the things <laughs> that I was excited about. And she's like, yeah, that's really good. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd hang out with her, but I can see where you would because you're catching up with that person and you go deep. I mean, they are like psychologists. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, I recently met a woman at an event that I went to. So that's also important to just get out. I think a lot of us get into routines as adults and we don't really meet new people regularly. And that goes for dating or for friendships. But I met this woman at an event. She sat next to me and we started talking and she said she was divorced and I was divorced. And she said she was an artist. And I said, oh, I'm also an artist. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. We have things in common. So we exchanged numbers and we started texting about a time to get together. And we probably got together twice the first time was for lunch. And the second time we went to a comedy show together. And I don't know that this has legs to be a long-term friendship, but it's still nice to just make that connection. So whether or not these things develop, you know, it doesn't always click, but at least you've tried, right? Yes. Yeah. I met, yeah. I just recently met another new potential friend. It was funny. We, um, lifetime, I don't know if you're familiar with lifetime, it's a fitness facility mm -hmm. um, in the Midwest. I, I know they're national anyway. So, uh, it's the place I work out and sometimes I'll do a little work there in the cafe afterwards. It's just, you know, a nice, a nice place to be. So anyway, there was another woman sitting across from me kind of kitty corner. And this was her pickup line. This is what I call it, right? This is funny. She's like, Hey, would you watch my stuff while I go to the restroom? And I was like, yeah, totally. 
And then she came back and I was like, Hey, would you watch my stuffers? Yeah, absolutely. And she, we came back and we just started talking kind of like you. And we realized she was also a business coach. She um, was new to Minnesota. So we had this whole conversation about making friends. And since then we've hung out a couple of different times. We want, we're going to play pickleball together. Cause that's the other important thing. Like what's the date, right? Like to me, it is the new dating dilemma. Like, where are we going to hang out? How can we get to know each other more? And with our friend, Nikki, who I mentioned before, my hairstylist, we all, um, we invited this new friend and we went and did something around Halloween with our families. She's been super busy, but also like we still keep texting and we're still emailing all of that. Like the one big lesson, I think the takeaway for me over the years is that sometimes you just, it's you, you have to be the one. And my friend Nikki really inspires that because she's the connector. She's the one who's so good, not just with me, but with lots of other people of putting dates on the calendar. Yeah. So connectors are super important for setting people up on dates, for connecting people in any capacity, whether it's networking for business or schools, finding out about, you know, the things that are going on. And I think that a lot of us, when we really think about it, we do know connectors and those are people to really reach out to because they make things happen. They're the planners. They're the ones who know everybody. I find that with, with setups, and I'm curious if this is true with friendships as well, but when, when people want to be set up when they're over 40 and they're not meeting people regularly, a lot of their friends will say, Hey, I think you're great. I just don't know anybody for you. And I'm wondering, and so one of the tips I have is to, um, is to find the connectors and then ask them, sort of brainstorm with them about people who know people, just like you do with networking. So what about your husband? He works out at a gym. I'm wondering if he knows anybody. What about your guy at the office? I'm wondering if there's anything like that in terms of friendships. Yeah, that's a great question. And maybe this is just me, but I feel like we're socially allowed to be that intentional about dating. Like we're kind of, you know, we're meant, we should ask, or like hopefully someone will set us up. But in friendship, we don't think, you know, I want to set my friend up with this other friend. I will say though, my friend Nikki is very good at that. She'll be like, hey, you need to hang out with my friend so-and-so. In fact, she hooked me up with a friend that I ski with now. Nikki doesn't ski. That wouldn't have happened, right? And so I think that the piece that's missing is the, I don't love the word permission, but it kind of feels like that permission to be more intentional and to ask and to ask about, and, you know, I think underneath that too, Sandy, there's this whole other layer of, you know, what, like women's friendships are very different than men's friendships, right? And how we connect and how, um, how we are with each other. So, so I think opening up and maybe there needs to be a book. Maybe that's one of your next books. Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you ask someone who they know that you could also be friends with? And are they open to that question? Yeah. Asking is vulnerable. Asking puts you in a vulnerable position and a lot of people just are scared to ask or they think, well, you know me, you know, I'm looking for more friends or for a date. And so you would have already done it by now, but that's not true. And I think we have to get out of our own way in terms of what we think people know or believe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's a dangerous place to go. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts 
like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Let's talk about some some tips about making new friends. You've shared a bunch already. Um, you said that you need to see people seven times or more usually to, to really start to develop a friendship that you can meet people at the gym, you can meet them business networking, your hairstylist. Um, you also mentioned that it's important that you reach out and ask. Um, what other tips can you share? Once you've connected with someone, especially if you have a great first friendship date, getting that next time on the calendar as soon as you can is really important. In fact, before you leave, I would say this, though, I also do sales coaching. I would say the same thing in a sales meeting, right? Like you've just had a great fun time, but if you don't put the next date on the calendar while you're sitting, it's, it's not going to happen. And again, even if you don't naturally feel like the connector, be willing to, like you said, get out of your comfort zone and, and be that person anyway, just say like, Hey, this is so much fun. When can we do this again? Or what could we do next time? And sometimes it's just an open-ended question. Staying in touch in between, also important, whether it's, you know, sending a text, hey, I was just thinking about you today, look at this, or hey, here's a book I was reading, I thought you would like it, or sending an email. But doing that a couple times a week really builds that connection. One of, um, you know, and I'm in the stage in life where I have a nine-year-old, and so a lot of people we meet are based around activities Luca is in or what he's up to in his life right now. And he was at a certain school, very small school. We left that school, but one of the moms there said, we need to stay in touch. And you hear that a lot. Like we need to stay in touch. And what she did is she put me and another mom on a group text. There's three of us on a group text together. And so sometimes like you want to expand the friendship group a little bit. And she said, she just said this. She's like, let's get together quarterly whatever it takes to make it happen. We'll have one mom date and then we'll have one like where we get all the families together. We've been doing it successfully for like almost a year now and we're going to continue to do it. So having having a text thread, and by the way, I've just learned this, <laughs> some new friends that we have that are, are neighbors of ours, which again, like I had to really work on that connection. They put us, um, they put us on a group text. So it's uh, my spouse and then um, the two of them. And you can name a text thread. Did you know this? And you can mm -hmm. put like pictures on. I didn't know that this was technology news to me. And my husband's an IT guy and he didn't know it. So for those of you who don't know it, you can do this. You can actually go in, name a text thread. You can, you can put little icons on there to represent. And, and so I've been doing that too with text threads. Cause I feel like that also increases the sense of community and the bond uh, that's there. So mm, I love that some things that have been helpful for me and it's a, yeah. like, I'm still learning. So this is <laughs> ongoing. No, it, it is something you have to be intentional about because most people are just online these days. They don't get offline and actually make meetings. And, you know, I, I give the same advice about making a date and a time on the calendar for people who are dating. Like they'll, they'll have that first phone call with somebody they meet on online and the person will say, hey, would you like to get together sometime? And you go, yeah. And then they both hang up and it never happens because it's not a person yet until you've actually met. So 
I always say, let the person know that your calendar gets filled up and how about we put a date down right now or it could just fly out of our brains, you know, and, and it's not a pushy thing to do at all. You know, I think people are really afraid of that, but also the group text is a great idea. We have a, we have a neighborhood group text here. Uh, it's a WhatsApp group and it's named Heidi Ho Neighborhood. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember I was visiting one of the neighbors and she said, can I add you to the list? I didn't even know it existed, but it's people who need something in the neighborhood. People who have extra food from a party will post a, a, a picture of the extra sushi they have and anybody wants some come and get it. I mean, it's just, it's really nice because we don't see each other otherwise. And I think also uh, I would love for you to address age differences because I know for me, when I moved, when I got divorced and I moved to a new home, I had friends of all ages. And I think a lot of people become very limited in how they look at who they're going to be friends with. So can you address that? Yeah, that's so, I'm so glad you asked that because when we were in California, um, our next door neighbors um, could have been our parents and we called them our California mom and dad. They were our Persian parents and we adored them. They invited us to all their parties. They were way more fun than we were. And we were in our you know late twenties, early thirties. And I felt like we grew up, like we were there for, we lived in total next to each other for 10 years, but they were just these amazing people. And when we moved, we moved from one house to another, that was like another city, like 10 miles down the road they moved with us and they lived on the exact same side of, of the house as they did before. And again, they were, could have been our parents. Their kids were our age. We were great friends with them. And I'm so glad we were. And in California, I felt like when I look back, we had a lot of friends who I would said were older than us um, for whatever reason, but great friends. And then when we moved back to Minnesota, we had the exact opposite because we had a child later in life a lot of our friends now, so we're in our late forties, a lot of our friends are in their thirties. And so that's been very interesting, but my thirties friends are like, Oh, we think you're our age. I mean, I think they think that's a compliment and I laugh with them, but I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but it's based on kind of like where our, where our life is right now. And I'm a big believer. Like I love hanging out with my 31 year old niece because she like she sees the world in a very different way and keeps me young. And anyway, so I think it's, uh, I think it's a huge advantage to have friends of all different ages and not just think you have to, well, this is my friendship group and that's it. No, like, and back to what we were talking about, Sandy, I want to make sure I say this because you teach this in your dates as well on your, when, for people going on dates, you'd be surprised how much people want to be asked on the next date or the next friend date. And they're not going to be the ones to do it. Like I, I just, I have this mantra that I say to myself all the time, whether it's friendship or business or nonprofits, like be the one, be the one who reaches out, be the one, just be the one. And for our li your listeners, like if you can just be the one in those situations, like, like I love the example of the Heidi Ho neighbor, like whoever started that, I'm sure that made you feel part of the community and like connected to to this group of people. And we live in a time where we're less and less community focused and our hearts are missing that. I can feel that when I connect with people. So anyway, be the, be the one to ask. Mm, I love be the one to ask. I think it's, it's so important. I once watched a Ted talk and 
the guy was talking about all these amazing opportunities he had. And he, each time he'd say, how did I get it? I asked for it. And that was his, his like mantra. I asked for it. That's the only way you can get anything pretty much in life. It very rarely falls into your lap. And even if it does, you know, I've had men who have asked me out and that, or, or have said, yeah, I'd love to talk. And then never gave me their phone number or never asked for mine. And I would then say, how about we do this? How about, would you like to get together and take this offline? I have no problem doing that. And I think a lot of women are so afraid to ask. So I think that's really important. So I, I want to circle back to something you said before about your spouses getting together and that it clicked with you and your hairdresser. And that was a lucky thing, but sometimes it doesn't click. So whether it's a spouse or significant other, or your kids don't like their kids, or, I mean, I've had friends where I actually lost friendships because their kids were so bratty and I could never hang out with them. Um, So what happens if you don't click? That's a, yeah, it's a great question. So my husband and I have this just I'm, and probably he drives that more than I do. He'll be like, just go do your thing. Like that's his thing. Like he'll just be like, go do your thing, which is code for I'm cool. Not hanging out with them. Like that's cool. But I value the fact that you have this relationship with this person and I'm the same with him. I'll be like, you know what? I'm good with this, but why don't you, you know, you go do that. So I think it, you know, if you are in a relationship, it, that is a boundary thing, right? Like if you really, if it's really uncomfortable or just not fun for you, there's nothing worse than sitting in a di- at a dinner feeling like you're in pain, right? Like you can't talk to the person. Uh, I mean, if, if given that you've tried, like you've tried, it's just not a fit, that's okay. Kids are tricky. The kid piece, I, I like that, you know, there's been situations where, you know, all kids are different. Not Kids don't always get along. And, you know, our son being an only child, I've always told them, I'm like, you have to become one of the best friends in the world because you don't have siblings. And, you know, that's like, you're, you're gonna need relationships as you get older, you're gonna want that. And so he, he does really work on that, but, um, but we've had situations where it's like, oh, like this, like that's hard. So then it's like, then it's, where are we going to hang out? How can we put boundaries around it? So maybe it's, if you're, there's certain kids who are very active, my son's very active. And sometimes that's hard for other people. Cause he's so active. And if you're not used to being around a child, who's like, just got that much energy, well, let's go, let's take all of our kids to the trampoline park where they're going to have fun and we can be over here chatting. So I think also finding the right environment or the right place to make that work is also critical if you want to maintain the friendship. Yeah, those are all great tips. I think for me, this was many years ago when I had young children, it was it was a parenting issue that I had a problem with, which made me lose respect for the friend. So we could sometimes get together without kids, but it really eroded the relationship for me. Um, definitely when I was married, I was not friends with most of my husband's friends and we did things separately. Most of the time, he didn't like my friends. I didn't like his friends and we just kind of did our own thing. And and it is important to set those boundaries. So Ursula, as we come to the end of our session here today, our, our episode, um, this has all just been such great advice. And I know so many people are going to benefit, but I'm wondering if you have any final words of advice, anything I haven't asked you that you would love to share. In Up Level Now, one of the chapters I talk about is friendship and just you know um, being intentional about it. And I'm intentional to the point where friendship is on my goal list 
like how many new friends I want to cultivate in a year. I actually write it down. And some people probably think, wow, that seems so unnatural. Here's what I know. If I don't write it down, whether it's a goal or making a new friend, it doesn't happen. When I'm that intentional and I write it down and I'm committed to it, it's like, I'm. when you write it down, right? Your reticular activating system looks for it, looks for the opportunity or the friend. And so by saying like, I'm going to make five new friends this year, you're going to be on the lookout for opportunities to do that. So the last piece of advice is just write it down. Like how many new friends would you love to have? And you know, what could, what, what could that shift for you this year? Oh, that's such a good tip. And it is true. It's like when you are looking for a new car and suddenly you see that car everywhere. Anytime you're really intentional, your your focus shifts. And I write everything down. I'm a, I'm a big organization person. I have to have my to-do lists and check things off. But I also set down goals and I have accountability partners because it matters. Your brain definitely reacts to that intentionality. So such a great tip. And you mentioned Up Level Now, your book. If you can share a little bit more about it and how people can find you, find your book. Uh, Up Level Now is my latest book and came out a year ago. And it's it's really about getting clear on what you want and then taking one step. By taking one step in any area of your life, it's going to create a domino effect into other areas. So maybe it's dating for your listeners, like take that one step in dating and maybe dating, you know, leads to, you know, this works, this dating thing works. I'm gonna expand this into friendship. So it's just just continuing to keep those dominoes rolling to create the the life that you, you deserve and that you really desire. And second, so for any business owners out there, if you go to my website, UrsulaInc.co, on the website, there's a free masterclass. It's uh, called Quantum Revenue Expansion. And it's all about getting clear on your next revenue goal, whether you're at multi-six figures and want to go to that next level or seven figures, how to do that, how to create a revenue model to do that, um, how to up-level your pricing, your packages, and then how to build a team around you as you as you scale your business to the next level. We're passionate about helping more and more women make it over the seven-figure mark because that does change, changes everything for them and their lives. And only 3% of women make it to that level. So it's not a must-do. Like a lot of people, a lot of our clients have very profitable consulting businesses at multi-six figures. They're happy. They're good. I get that. But if you want to go to seven figures, that's where we'd love to help clients. That's great. And all of those pieces are so important. If you're expanding, you need the right team, you need the right direction. You need all those things. So go over to the website, UrsulaInc.co and go grab the free masterclass, go find the book. The book is also available on your website, I imagine. It is, yes. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Ursula, for coming on the show, for sharing these fabulous tips for having a better life through better friendships and making new friends as an adult. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. It always helps. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.